Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, Burger King says lemongrass will reduce methane gas emissions from cattle, but a Canadian cattleman official raises some doubts about the claim. Ag in Motion gets underway next week in a virtual format. Real Agriculture takes a look at COVID-19 and temporary foreign workers. There's an update on DOT Technology, an automated system designed to replace the farm tractor, and the latest issue of Canola Watch looks at sclerotinia stem rot. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. This week, Burger King came out with an ad claiming they can put a tiny amount of lemongrass into cattle feed to cut methane emissions from cattle. They even came up with a ditty to go along with it. When cows fart and burp and splatter, well, it ain't no laughing matter. They're releasing methane every time they It goes on a lot longer than that, but you get the gist. Some producers weren't amused by it because it may be another case of misinformation when it comes to farming. We had a chance to speak with Amy Peck of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Well, so the unfortunate part is that the studies that they're basing this campaign on are still ongoing. So they're not completed. So we don't really know whether lemongrass provides the benefits that they say it does. The one study in Mexico did show up to 33% reduction, but the other study at UC Davis was inconclusive. So we really just don't know at this point whether lemongrass actually will work. Yeah, lemongrass is not very well suited for growing in most parts of Canada. So you would really have to weigh any potential, you know, methane emission reductions because they still aren't proven against the transportation costs to get the product here and then they're also recommending that the product be dried, you know, before it's chopped and fed. So there's a, a whole host of other emissions that are happening to get this into the cattle diet. Companies are trying new and innovative ways to separate their products for consumers. And, you know, increasingly these consumer segments are becoming very small niche markets. And so these companies are really trying to corner every little niche in the market because actually Burger King just last week in the U.S. also announced that they're doing a grassland restoration project with Cargill, which is a terrific initiative, one that we, you know, wholeheartedly support. So it's unfortunate that there's some really great initiatives and, you know, this one that to work on, you know, solutions to reducing methane emissions from cattle, we do applaud that effort. However, it has to be based on, on sound science with proven results. 
That's Amy Peck with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Salford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. A major Saskatchewan farm show is converting to an internet event next week because of COVID-19. Ag in Motion, usually held northwest of Saskatoon at Langham in July, is being held in a virtual format next week. Show director Rob O'Connor says the event is free for all farmers. Yes, we certainly have. Our registrations are, uh, you know, being a week out, they're, they're much higher than I guess I would have anticipated. So, um, yeah, we're feeling very good about uh, farmers participating in this new virtual format. Now outline for me, Ag in Motion, just this year it's called a virtual event. Just explain that for me. Yes. Well, because of COVID-19, we were unable to uh, produce the live event of Ag in Motion. So we needed to fill that space that uh, is being left open by all the different ag shows that are being cancelled and uh, still wanted to give farmers the opportunity to connect with the industry, whether it's their suppliers or the equipment dealers. And So we created the new Ag in Motion Digital Plus virtual show, which Basically, what it is, is an opportunity to learn about what's coming up, what's new, what's affecting us in agriculture through a digital platform with about 240 sessions where you can participate in seminars or watch different pieces of equipment being demonstrated through video or uh, even a crop plot tour that we're doing with all the different companies that, uh, you know, usually grow a crop plot for Ag in Motion. So this is all on the internet. How does a farmer access it? So the easiest way to do it is go to the Ag in Motion website, which is just aginmotion.ca. And the very first page you'll see there is the opportunity for somebody to register to go on to the new digital platform. It's very simple. You just have to enter it, answer about four or five questions, and it lets you into the platform. Is there a cost? It is free of charge to all the farmers, all the different companies. There's over 170 of them now who are participating in this that have helped uh, with the paying of the different overhead costs that were we incurred to uh, create this new platform. 240 seminars, presentations. Give me some of the highlights. Well, there's just such a great variety, whether you're in the livestock business or growing oil seeds or small grains. It talks about... We have different demonstrations of equipment. We have crop plot tours. Uh, There's lots of seminars that talk about different aspects of agriculture, whether it's how to manage your farm or how you can look at how the markets are being affected by COVID-19. There's just a wide variety of things. Uh, I think one of the things that really excites me, though, is John Deere is releasing its X-Series Combine to North America using this platform. And when does this run? So the dates of the show are July 21st to 25th, and it's basically 12 hours a day from 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening. And those platforms or those different seminars, you can revisit throughout the show too. So if you happen to miss it, you can go back and see it again. Rob O'Connor is the manager of Ag in Motion being held on the internet July 21st to 25th. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. 
Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, and I'm joined right now by Robert Faulkner. He's a policy analyst at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy, the Simpson Center. Robert, how are you doing? Good. We know that TFWs, it was a real struggle during the COVID-19 crisis, and probably for a lot of Canadians, it, it, for the first time, it brought to light how important TFWs are to the food production system here in, in Canada. W- would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, currently, TFWs make up about 20% of, of workers in the sector. Now, what's interesting, this will actually come out in another report in a few weeks, is that uh, when you look at paid workers in the industry, meaning that uh, paid employees, um, not just self-employed farmers and, and others and unpaid family members, they actually make up about close to 46% of the sector. Um, and so, yeah, so the agricultural sector does rely quite a bit on temporary migration to Canada. You have a table in your report uh, that was released today looking at how, you know, if you compare 2016 to 2018, and a percentage that TFWs make up of the primary production workforce, interesting here, animal production up 10%, plant production up 13 and and t- the total was up 13 a- as well. Uh, th- this, is, this is an increasing demand for TFWs. Can you speak to the why of that? Yeah, I, I personally think here there's a very interesting story with regards to the consolidation uh, and industrialization of farming in Canada. Um, there, there's a whole history here, but put it simply is that I, I actually went into this study thinking, well, this is going to be about the displacement uh, of, of Canadian workers. And certainly there has been a decline in, in domestic participation as sort of in a, as a job, as an employee in agriculture over the past number of years. But what's also going on is that, uh, simply put, farms are getting bigger. Um, and there's number growing number of acres per farm. And, and when a farm buys out, let's say, another outfit, uh, they don't get the family coming with them. That is often has um, mom, dad, uh, kids working on the farm. And so the, the bigger farm has to replace those workers. And, and simply put, um, Canadians aren't necessarily rushing to work in this industry. Yeah, okay, and you just hit on my next uh, question I was going to ask you. We, we saw in the Maritimes, I believe it was New Brunswick, where they said, you know what, during COVID-19, there is no TFWs that can come to the province. They, they quickly changed their mind when they realized that uh, local New Brunswick residents did not want to work on farms. This has been kind of the gap where, you know, when I talk to people outside of the industry about this issue, they'll say, well, you know, Canadians are looking for work. Why, why are we bringing people from all around the world when Canadians could do these jobs? It is, that, that is easier said than done. Very much so. I think one thing that um, Canadians need to realize here is that, uh, and actually many people considering working in the sector themselves already realize, is this is a highly seasonal job. It's not a full-time year, year-round job for a lot of people. And so uh, let's say using the example of New Brunswickers, Many of them are temporarily laid off, meaning they hope to go back to their old jobs once things begin opening up more. And so they're not rushing to go into a very labor-intensive, long hours, hard-on-your-body type job in this sector. And, and I think they would rather just wait uh, for the regular jobs to resume. What, what, what did COVID-19, the situation, what did it teach us or what, what should we learn from this crisis as it uh, relates to temporary foreign workers? So I think one, uh, just the vital role they play uh, in the industry. Uh, the, um, actually, I had a conversation with the Mexican consulate on this the other day, and they said that they also see it as a, a sign of the relationship that Mexico has with Canada, saying that they are actually quite proud 
that their workers can contribute to Canadian agriculture. So they, they, they other countries see this as a, as a relationship building exercise as well. Um, two, it just shows the vulnerabilities to workers in the sectors. Um, they, they aren't easily replaced. Um, farmers are mechanizing at an increasing rate, uh, but there still is that labor gap there. And certainly I think there should be protections in place for the workers. And actually one thing I'll say here is that when government has shown an inclination to work with producers on this, producers themselves have shown a concern for workers. The best example here is BC. The BC government stepped in and said, yes, your workers are going to have to self-isolate when they first come to Canada, but we will pay the cost to put them in hotels so they don't have to live in cramped quarters and we'll, and we'll cover some of the food and other accommodation services for them while they self-isolate. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352 1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, partly cloudy sky, wind west 30 gusting to 50. Today, the high 27 degrees, the low 11. Tomorrow, sunny, wind west 20, the high 28, the low 15. Friday, sunny, the high 29, the low 13. Saturday, sunny, the high 26, the low 11. Sunday, sunny, the high 24, the low 11. Monday, partly cloudy sky, the high 23, the low 13. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high near 26. Normal high for this date, 25, the normal low 11 degrees. The sun rose at 5.04 this morning. It sets at 9.05 tonight. And around the province... The hot spot is Coronac, south of Regina and Yorkton, or south of Regina and Moose Jaw, at 24 degrees. The cold spot, Collins Bay up north, at 14. Estevan is 24. Saskatoon, 22. Swift Current, 22. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 23 degrees. In Regina, cloudy and 23. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 24, gusting to 34. Humidity is 48%. The barometer dropping. 101.1. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 24 degrees. Winds are from the west northwest at 31. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 23. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and SMHI, operated by farmers for farmers. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. Fungicide spraying in canola took on a whole new look this week, just north of Stornoway near Yorkton. As cooperators with Dot Raven Technology, Solonenko Farms, yesterday completed hands on trials with the new autonomous system, which farmers have seen at Ag in Motion for the past several years. Chris Morrison links the tech and marketing side with farmer cooperators such as Courtney and Devin Solonenko. Morrison refers to a validation of the DOT concept. He spoke with reporter Jack Dawes in the field. 
We were full into uh, retail, and I, I guess still are into retail, but once we got into the field, there was just some stuff on the machine that we really wanted to improve, and in, in order to improve it, we need acres on the machines and, and testing and real-world testing. So we've kind of backed off from uh, really going going full after sales, and we're just looking for good partners like Solid Ankle Farms that'll let us come out, apply some product, put the machine in the field, and, and really get some good testing on it. So, so they uh, share the data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we share any data with the customer, and they get a you know really the benefit for Courtney and and Devin and everybody at Solid Ankle Farms is they get to see as we're developing out this product how it's going and they get a voice uh, with us you know the, what they'd like to see improved changed how they'd like to see the product before it comes fully into market that being said we do have customers that have bought dots uh, we just didn't have as many in the field for this year as we'd like to to get the data that we need to really advance the product forward so so yeah Courtney was good enough to give us some fields so we could put some fungicide on and then Come fall, uh, we're going to be back out here probably with the sprayer and the seeder and maybe even a broadcast spreader if I can talk them into blowing some dry product on the ground just to get some more acres going and, and really for us to get a lot of good testing in. So now this tool, the spray tool you're using, that was developed by Patterson? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, as we sit right now, we have three implements uh, designed and ready for market for DOT. Uh, the one we have here today is a Patterson Connect sprayer, so it's a 120 foot wide sprayer uh, all the bells and whistles on it has sectional control auto boom auto fold uh, it actually has a 1600 gallon tank which is really really big for the industry which is great um, so that one's developed by Patterson here in Saskatchewan uh, we also have an air drill of course uh, dot was started by seed master so there's a seed master drill a 30 foot uh, four four compartment air drill on 15 inch spacing uh, that we have going and then our third implement is a new leader g5 spreader so a granular spreader um, i did a little bit of work with it earlier in the year and i think it, there's going to be a lot of work for it come fall with biosol and some other products that we can can put on top of the ground so those three are developed now and then what we'd like to do is probably launch between three and four more implements every year Solonenko farms this year seeded about 8,000 acres of canola about 420 with the dot system DOT was developed by Norbert Bojo and family, owners of Regina-based Seedmaster. DOT was purchased by Raven Applied Technology, who have been a major player in precision agriculture, notably with control systems. The DOT system is one of the demonstrations at Ag in Motion's Virtual Edition next week. Sternaway is about 25 minutes east of Yorkton. A new farm equipment dealership is opening in west-central Saskatchewan at Kindersley. Canada West Harvest Centre says the Kindersley store will open this fall and is the company's fifth location in the province. Canada West Harvest Centres have locations in Regina, Saskatoon, Swift Current and Yorkton. The dealership handles Kloss Farm Equipment. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. The latest issue of Canola Watch looks at sclerotinia stem rot and how to determine when to spray fungicides. Jay Wetter has details. We have a history of sclerotinia disease on the prairies and with lots of host crop around, the potential for disease is basically always present as long as there's moisture. The disease needs moist soils to get the sclerotia germinating to form the little mushroom-like apothecia that release the spores. 
With moist soils, we can assume spores will be there, but tests are available if you want to know for sure. Spornado from 2020 Seed Labs, or DNA-based petal testing kits from Quantum Genetics and Discovery Seed Labs, are examples. Clint Yerke, Agronomy Director for the Canola Council of Canada, explains where these tests may have a benefit. The nice thing about doing the petal and spore tests is that it removes half of that decision-making process. Like, was there enough moisture leading up to flowering to produce the inoculum? Uh, so then it really comes down to, is if you got the inoculum, are conditions going to be conducive for the development of the disease? And so that decision becomes somewhat easier like when, when one half of that uh, factor is in place. With spores present on the crop, the next issue is canopy moisture which is required for spores to infect the plants and cause disease. How much moisture is enough? Kelly Turkington, plant pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, says rainfall amounts of at least 5 to 10 millimeters, more than two days a week, and daily minimum relative humidity over 80% is enough for the sclerotinia stem rot infection cycle. But that's a rough guide and actual requirements for disease will not be so specific. Kelly Turkington explains a relatively simple and effective test to see if the canopy has enough moisture for disease. It, it might seem trivial, but I, I would say the wet pants test is a, is a good gauge of risk. And if you go into that crop in the morning, let's say before 10, and it's, the soil surface is dry, the canopy's dry, uh, your boots are not muddy, your pants are not wet, uh, that risk in terms of the environment component is probably quite low. However, if your pants get wet when scouting canola midday, the canopy is probably sufficiently humid for disease. The idea of the wet pants test during the actual flowering period is a, is a nice sort of um, practical way of addressing that. If conditions are right for disease and farmers decide to spray, applications early in the spray window, around 20 to 30 percent flower, often provide the greatest benefit. Dwayne Hegedus, research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Saskatoon, explains why fungicide application before major petal drop is so important. I think the important thing is to be spraying early. Once the petals become infected, okay, and uh, sufficient biomass has, has um, uh, become available, on the plant surface. Once those uh, mycelia or hyphae are in contact with the, with the plant, they very, very rapidly enter into the plant. Using uh, genomics tools and genetics tools, we've been able to demonstrate that within hours, the plant tissues become infected. Within about 12 to 24 hours, the, uh, uh, the fungus is already beginning to move through the plant. And within 24 hours, uh, you can see very visible signs of, of necrosis. But what it means is that uh, timing is, is very critical, um, that uh, um, once the petals have become infected and uh, you know, there's, there's some contact with the plant surface, uh, that your, your, your window is, uh, has become increasingly narrow. For lots more on sclerotinia stem rot, look under the Diseases tab at canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Jay Wetter compiles the Canola Watch Program.
Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell $2.80 at $437.98 per metric ton. Number one red spring wheat gained $0.19 at $225.22. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley, $195.70. Flax, $515.79. Lentils, $612.50. Oats, $256.16. Yellow peas, $251.89. Feed wheat, $172.88 per metric ton. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is up six and a quarter cents at $525 a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now, the latest livestock quotations. Hello, cattlemen. Junior for Heartland Livestock, Sirs Yorkton, with your mark report for the week of July 15th. We have a real nice run on offer here today with 570 cows and bulls and 450 feeders for a total of 1,020 head. The market is trending steady to higher in all classes of cattle this week according to the sales around the country. We have sold no feeder cattle yet today in our sale to establish report out of our barn. On the cow trade this week, we saw cows average 86 with a high 94 and a strong high-yielding exotic cow. The heifers and young feeder cows averaged 99 with a high of a buck 12. On the bull trade this week, we saw our bulls average a buck 18 with a high of a dollar 29.50 on a hard exotic bull. Producers, next week, July 22nd, we will not have a sale, but on July 29th, we will have a sale and run thereafter every week. Please go on our website in a couple of weeks to see our full fall sale schedule. For further information, give us a call at Heartland, and we will give you all our assistance in your marketing needs. Once again, this has been Junior for Heartland Yorkton. Stay safe, healthy, and have a great day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,400 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 115 to 148 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,500 head, selling a range of 113 to 149 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling the range of 18 to 24 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices also open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down 27 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3616. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.91 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference markets are higher midweek, with Western Corn Belt up 2.14, Iowa Southern Minnesota higher by a dollar, and the national reference base price is up by 76 cents U.S. 100 rate relative to the previous day. Seasonally, cash markets should be witnessing the highest prices of the year but complications due to COVID-19 plant shutdowns are still being felt. Weekly slaughter levels have improved faster than initial estimates on the pace of recovery, but until supplies start to subside, pressure on cash markets will likely remain. Looking forward, there are a number of estimates circulating supporting the idea that the fourth quarter will almost certainly see processing capacity limits reached once again, which will also keep pressure on prices. Lean hog futures continue to seesaw back and forth in the intraday sessions, but are generally trading sideways and unable to rally off the lows. 
Yesterday, the nearby contract saw initial strength only to give back all the gains in the morning session and close lower on the day. In the meantime, only the 2021 futures are pricing in a bit of more optimism, albeit at levels still below value benchmarks. In Regina, it's cloudy and 23 degrees. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Moose Jaw, partly cloudy and 24. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 23. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Bank of Canada is keeping its key interest rate at 0.25% and indicates it will remain there for some time due to what it says is an abnormal recession. The central bank says the rate will have to stay low to provide extraordinary monetary policy support to help recuperate from the economic impact of COVID-19. In its updated outlook, the bank says it expects the economy to contract by 7.8% this year, fueled by a 14.6% contraction in the April to June quarter. It adds it will not raise its key rate until inflation hits its 2% target, which is not forecast to happen at least through 2022. The bank cautions its outlook could be thrown off if there is a broad-based second wave of the pandemic or if it has not run its course by mid-2022 due to a vaccine or effective treatment. Analysts are predicting the second quarter reporting season will be the worst this year for most energy companies. But they say energy companies will be buoyed by a rebound in oil prices as consumer demand is rising as COVID-19 restrictions are being lifted. The three months ending June 30th were marked by depressed oil prices blamed on an oil glut followed by a severe decline in fuel demand as pandemic lockdowns kicked in. Analyst Michael Dunn of Stifle First Energy says investors will be keenly interested in how companies are cutting costs and talking about plans for the rest of 2020 and 2021. A broad-based rally helped boost Canada's main stock index in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets also pushed higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 130 points at 16,039. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 207 points at 26,850. The Canadian dollar traded for 73.92 cents U.S. compared with 73.44 cents on Tuesday after the Bank of Canada's announcement it would keep its key interest rate on hold. The August crude oil contract was up 53 cents at $40.82 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. It's